0: Have you ever been in a situation where someone is bearing their soul to you and internally you're thinking, I I don't know what to do here. I I don't even know what to say here. I'm, I'm not a counselor. Well, if that's ever happened to you, I think you'll find what follows very helpful. Welcome to the Quick Counsel Podcast, where we will give you a simple and practical understanding of counseling issues and how they might apply to your life. Here's your host, pastoral counselor, Brett Legg. From time to time, everyone will find themselves in a position of having a friend come to them to counsel them regarding something they're going through. And it's easy to feel inadequate in these times, to feel like you don't know what to say or you don't have the right answers, to find yourself thinking, I don't know if I'm qualified to help with this. Maybe they should see a counselor. But you don't have to run from these times. You don't have to immediately refer people to a professional counselor. You can be more helpful than you might think. Granted, there are some problems that are best handled by professional counseling and maybe even with medication. Things like sexual abuse, addictions, personality disorders, eating disorders, and debilitating depression and anxiety are best handled by a professional counselor. But you don't have to be a professional counselor to help most people talk through their struggles. You don't have to fix things or you don't have to have all the answers to help most people with their problems. Sometimes just being present to help a person talk through things can go a long way to helping them. Just your presence and a few simple approaches can go a long way towards helping someone figure things out. So, I want to give you a few simple approaches that you can use to help someone work through what they might be going through or what might be bothering them. They are approaches that many counselors use, but these things are things you can do also. Here are some of the approaches that you can use to help people who turn to you for help. Just a note, the list is not exhaustive, and they're in no particular order, and they're probably oversimplified at times, but it's a good list to get you started when people are approaching you for help. First, listen longer and deeper than you feel natural. Often our listening is too short and too shallow. We listen just long enough to get the gist of things, and then we wade in with our thoughts and opinions. But you need to listen long. Don't jump in when they stop talking. They're, they're really not finished. Just sit in that uncomfortable silence. Give the person a chance to be quiet and think. This will allow them to open up even more and share more things that they would not have otherwise. And don't just listen to what they say. Listen to how they say it. Is there an emotion behind their words? What is that emotion? What parts cause them to tear up and get or get angry? When do they hesitate? Where does their voice trail off? What is this body language telling you? As you can see, listening requires a lot of effort from both your ears and your eyes, but those that learn to listen well will become a treasured help to others. Two, reflect back what you hear and see rather than what you think. Often our first response is to tell a person what we think or feel about what they've told us, But that should be more of our last response. We should reflect back to them what we've heard them say and the emotions we sense that are behind those words. This does two things. It lets them know that we are truly listening to them, which helps to foster more trust and more ease. Secondly, it helps them hear themselves and process things further. Sometimes people just need to bounce things off of someone else so that they can hear the echo come back and then process it. A third thing you can do, suspend judgment, at least for now. I know this is hard to do because we're humans and we automatically jump to conclusions and assign blame and put things in categories as a way of thinking through things, but make a mental decision right up front to suspend any judgment until you've listened deeply and completely to all of their story. And when you've done that and are ready to make a judgment, remind yourself that you're only getting one side of the story. You probably don't have a complete picture of what's going on. This person has come to you for support, not judgment. Your judgment may make you feel accomplished and comfortable, but it doesn't help them with their issue. Which leads to the next thing you need to do when someone comes to you with a problem, and that is empathize as if it were you. One way to short-circuit judgment is to imagine yourself in their shoes. How would you feel if you were in their position? What would you be afraid of, frightened of, embarrassed by, angry about, worried, depressed over? This is more than just feeling for someone, it's feeling with them, and it goes a long way to helping you connect with them and understand them. A fifth thing you can do, be a friend, not a fixer. When people come to us with a burden or a problem, too often we jump into fix-it mode. Have you tried this? Hey, I just read this great book that talks about this very thing. Maybe you just need to do something different, take some time off, get on some medicine, etc., etc., etc. Oftentimes, we're generally trying to help. We care about the person in front of us. We don't want to see them hurting. But sometimes we do this because we're uncomfortable with another person's pain or their anger or their fear or their grief. Yet jumping into fix-it mode can communicate the following. We're not really listening. Or that we're oversimplifying the issue. Or that we think we know better than the other person. Or that we're important. Or that we don't really want to take the time to listen. Many times, people don't need us to fix things for them. They need us to listen to them so that they can get things out in the open where they can work through them themselves, which leads to the next thing we can do to help people who are hurting. Six, point out strengths rather than weaknesses. It's easy to point out where a person messed up or made a mistake, but that's usually unnecessary. Most of us know where we've messed up. In fact, we tend to rehearse our mistakes to a fault. What people need more than this is for someone to come alongside them and show them their strengths and how they can best use those strengths in their situations. This is not only encouraging, it's very empowering. 7. Put off giving advice as long as possible. Let's say a person has bared their soul to you and they're tired and emotionally exhausted, and they get to the end of their story and say, what do you think I should do? My encouragement would be to look at that person and say something like, you know what, I'm not really sure what you should do. What are your options? Or to say something like, man, that's a tough one. What do you think? This may sound like a stalling tactic, but it's really an important move. You see, if you give them a specific answer to what they should do, and it fails, then they hold you responsible for the failure. And if you give them a specific answer and it works, you foster a dependence upon you rather than self-reliance for them. Remember, we said that you're a friend, not a fixer. So rather than give advice, give your presence, give your support, and help them work through things themselves. Now, I feel the need to give you just a side note here. This is not a technique to use if the person is talking about doing something drastic like harming themselves or harming someone else. In those situations, you should help them take clear and definite actions towards self-care. All right, let's move on. Number eight, wonder out loud rather than give advice. If you feel like you're being pushed and, and can't get around the offering advice thing, then couch your words in uncertain speculation. Try saying something like, I don't know, but I wonder if something like fill-in-the-blank might be helpful. Or, I wonder if this approach might work. Sometimes in my counseling office, I will say something like, You know, I'm just guessing here, so feel free to tell me if I'm wrong, but, but I'm wondering if this is the problem. This is a one-down approach that puts you in the position of a fellow struggler in life and not an expert, which makes it easier for the person to connect with you and, and to listen to you. And finally, nine, be patient with people as they struggle and grow. Not only are people messy and complicated, we're also slow learners. It's hard for us to get past our fears, our uncertainties, and our ingrained mindsets. People are not machines. They are more like plants. Seeds must be planted in the soil of their difficulty. Those seeds must be given time to unearth and grow. And then, the person needs to be nurtured and cared for before they grow and thrive in and through their difficulty. So be patient with people. Some will figure things out quickly, while others will be slower to do so. But your job is not to force growth. It's just to provide the best environment for them to grow. So there you have it. There are nine things you can do when people come to you with their problems. Now, a final word. There's certainly a place for trained counselors, as I said before, especially when it comes to helping people through really difficult issues. I spent my years in grad school learning theories and skills and approaches to help people with difficulties that are impairing their lives. So I think there's certainly a place for trained professional counselors, but Never underestimate your ability as a trusted friend to compassionately listen to and walk with someone as they give voice and effort to their struggle. A caring presence along with a listening ear can be more therapeutic than you realize. Hey, I hope today's episode has given you a little bit of an encouragement and a little bit of confidence when it comes to helping others. The next time someone comes to you and wants to talk to you about something, I hope you'll remember some of these approaches and, and try them out, and, and thereby, hopefully, you'll feel better equipped to spend some time with them. As always, you can find more from me at brentleg.com, that's one T and two Gs, as well as on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and YouTube. And I hope you go through the rest of your week this week as a great friend and a great supporter, and I hope you'll come back next week for some more Quick Counsel. Thanks for joining us today for Quick Counsel. This podcast is meant to give you a simple understanding of counseling issues and is in no way intended as a substitute for professional counseling or therapy. If you feel you need further help, please contact a local counselor, therapist, or physician. Thanks for listening, and we hope you will join us for the next episode of Quick Counsel.